Welcome to Decrypt, Asia's first blockchain and cryptocurrency podcast. I'm your host, Tushar. Each week, we take a deep dive into the Asian blockchain scene with investors, technologists, and industry insiders. Go to decrypt.asia to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram to join in the discussions. Hi, guys. Our guest for today's show is Sharan Nair from CoinSwitch. CoinSwitch is a Sequoia-backed cryptocurrency aggregator. A cryptocurrency aggregator allows users to buy and sell multiple cryptocurrencies across various exchanges without creating multiple accounts while getting to choose the best prices across exchanges. Sharan is currently the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Business Development at CoinSwitch. Prior to this role, he was the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at UnoCoin, one of India's largest fiat-to-crypto exchanges. Welcome to the show, Sharan. Yeah, hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Could you tell us about your background, how and when you got involved in the blockchain and cryptocurrency ecosystem? So, uh, straight out of college, my first job was with uh, UnoCoin, uh, which was one of the first entrants into the Bitcoin and blockchain space in India. So, this is about 2014, right? And back then, we were a small team and nobody really understood what cryptocurrencies was nor my parents nor anybody that I spoke to not even me at that point of time to be very honest right but as I started digging more and more into it uh, and as we started going out and talking to more people about it uh, we saw we saw there was an interest and and that interest was uh, replicated across the globe right because there were multiple players trying to do the same thing and I think that's how I got started into this journey and it's been about three three and a half years now and I'm still into it. Okay. And every day I've been learning something or the other. Uh, like we all are. I mean, I think it's, yes. it's, 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 a, it's an amazing uh, time to be in this ecosystem. I mean, I think there's so much True. to learn. True. The learning curve is steep for, for anyone who joins or is in the space. So you said your journey started at UnoCoin. Could you tell our listeners who may not know about UnoCoin what sure. it does and what you were doing there? Sure. So uh, UnoCoin was one of the first uh, entrants into the Bitcoin blockchain space. It's an exchange. Uh, it's a fiat to crypto exchange uh, based out of India and serves only Indian customers, right? And uh, so the whole idea about Unocoin was to build build a build a company that could provide a service where people could come in and buy cryptocurrencies using the fiat. Uh, they also work towards building the ecosystem around cryptocurrency. Like for example, they had products for merchants to accept payments in cryptocurrency, and uh, they had introduced something called systematic uh, investment plan wherein, you know, people could buy Bitcoins or cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 rupees periodically over a period of time. So they basically focused on bringing cryptocurrencies to every household with a, with a mission of about bringing Bitcoin to billions. Uh, although today, back then, it just supported Bitcoin. As of today, it supports way more coins. Uh, and I was heading business for uh, Unocoin then. Okay. And so now you've moved on to a new company called CoinSwitch. Yes. How what yes. led to that decision of leaving Unocoin to join CoinSwitch? Uh, this is one of the questions I kept getting asked very often. So one of the things that I uh, took, uh, I understood with when I was talking to the founders of CoinSwitch was that uh, there was a problem uh, that none of the exchanges were solving. Uh, one of the problem was that most of these exchanges for whatever reasons were not customer centric the other being that there with the, with the rise of exchanges there was this uh, 
gap where users could discover coin and its prices uh, and, and to find out where exactly could they find it at a very cheaper rate, right? And people had to move from exchanges to exchanges in hunt of new coins. People had to, uh, you know, get used to the whole uh, UI UX experiences of these exchanges. So when CoinSage came around, it took those problems because it's founded by, by a bunch of people who were traders themselves. So they realized that, okay, we need to put all of this in one place. And that was the birth of CoinSwitch. So CoinSwitch is an exchange aggregator. It aggregates multiple cryptocurrency exchanges. Uh, it supports over 300 plus coins. And users can come to the exchange. They can say, let's say uh, they want to buy Ethereum. So users can then compare the price of Ethereum on our partner exchanges and see where they find the better fit. And then they can buy Ethereum from that particular exchange uh, without even having to create an account at that exchange. In our partner exchange, so they can do that with us. Got it. Right, and all the while, and all the while, they can use their own wallets, so they don't have to even store the coins with us. Okay, so uh, so you mentioned a few things there. So you mentioned um, exchange aggregator. You mentioned how people can buy currencies. You mentioned wallets. So I want to dig into all of these individual components sure. that that you mentioned and kind of walk through the end to end customer journey of using Coin Switch. So let's start from the beginning. So I'm, I'm new to cryptocurrencies uh, or I'm new to CoinSwitch, whatever approach you want to take. Okay. Um, okay. How do I sign up and how do I start using CoinSwitch? Okay, so when you come up on CoinSwitch, you, find, you just have to put in your email ID and your password, create a password, you have an account. Uh, once you do that, you, you could see two fields. One which says, uh, what is the coin that you have? And the other field is basically for the coin that you want. Sorry, so just, to, sorry gonna, just to jump in there, do you need to have some sort of a coin or are you able to buy? No, you don't, no, no. So you, so you do not need to have any coin in advance. Like you, so basically it's a crypto to crypto exchange, right? So you need Got to at least have some coin to convert into another coin. Got it. Right. So Got let's it. say I'm trying to make a conversion of Bitcoin to Ethereum. So I come to the uh, coinsage.co. And I choose Bitcoin on the part where uh, where it says what coin do you have, and then I uh, select Ethereum on the other side of the uh, exchange. So it shows me the conversion, like for for the amount of Bitcoin that I'm willing to give out, how much Ethereum will I get, and then it shows me all the offers. When I say offer, it means the exchanges that supports this conversion and the rates at those exchanges. So when I click on view all offers, it shows me the list of all the exchanges. Now I can choose one of these exchanges, whichever I think is the best. In most cases, people choose the exchange where they find it at the best rate or the cheapest rate. They choose that. And once they choose that, they would have to uh, enter uh, their uh, Ethereum address and their Bitcoin address for a refund in case there's a refund. So once they do that, then it redirects them to a QR code where they have to make the payment. And once the payment is done, after whatever the time it takes on the blockchain, uh, that particular amount of Ethereum comes to their Ethereum wallet that they have given us. So all the while, they don't have to store the, the coins with us. Got and it. It's really simple. Yeah. So you, you said that you can't buy using fiat, say with INR or USD or SGD on your platform, right? Your no, phone. you can actually. I, I mean, we started off with crypto to crypto, but we do support uh, fiat payments now. We people can buy using credit cards. But uh, like we say, we're an exchange aggregator. So the kind of functionality the partners bring in is the functionality that we pass on to the user. So currently, uh, Changely and Exchange and ChangeNow are three partners that support fiat payments. So what we do is we redirect them to their website. Okay. To get this done. Okay. 
So, you know, like you've, uh, you mentioned that you need your own wallet to store some of the cryptocurrencies. I'm presuming, yeah. uh, so before, uh, you know, I get into this problem of storage of cryptocurrencies, I just want to kind of understand who your target market is for such an aggregator. Because from my understanding, you know, people can actually go to your platform, see where they get the best exchange rate across different yes. exchanges, go to that exchange and yeah. buy from there. Right versus doing it on your platform, so I'm presuming that you're targeting people who are either who want convenience or who are just getting started. Yes, exactly. Right. So, but in in case in case I'm someone who's just getting started, I don't know how wallets work. Right. So, and you're not providing the wallets, but we have to create separate wallets now. As as a beginner, I don't know how to create a wallet for like say Ethereum or say I'm trying to buy. Bitcoin to EOS. So how do how do you like? Do you have any mechanism to solve that problem? So uh, very honestly, that's that's one of the challenges that we face. But I think we cracked it now. Uh, so the first thing that we look, that we offer to our customers is convenience, right? And yes, what you said for a beginner when he comes in, he really doesn't know where to create an account and all that stuff. So what we're trying to do is that we're trying to partner with a couple of uh, valid companies right? Wherein we could integrate our service into them and we could also show them across to our users and they say like, okay, these are the, uh, you know, these are the wallets where you can create. So we're building dedicated coins pages. So every time a user comes and tries to do a transaction, we would show him, uh, you know, preferred wallets, right? And in that way, he would be able to at least go down there and down create a wallet and then come back into the transaction. But as of now, I know it's not a smooth mechanism, but over, over a period of time, we would certainly be able to uh, bring in a lot more better user experience on that end. Okay. And do you have any sort of data in terms of what kind of wallets people are using at the moment? Are they mostly using desktop wallets? Are they using like hardware wallets? It's a little difficult for us to track because what they do is they just give us the address. Right. Right. So it's, it's a little difficult for us to track that way. Okay. So, I mean, going back to the customer journey, so I've, you know, created an account on CoinSwitch. I already had Bitcoin. I converted that to Ethereum or EOS and I've stored it in my wallet. Um, Now, uh, hypothetically, I want to switch back to Bitcoin. I can again go back to your platform, find the best price and convert back to Bitcoin. Yes, you can do that. So so we support about 45,000 exchange pairs, which is the highest in the world right now. And uh, another thing that we're trying to do now is we're trying to integrate uh, IDEX, uh, which is a partially decentralized exchange, right? Uh, And I think this is one of the major things that we would want to do or we're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, Are there, I mean, I was going to go to your roadmap uh, a little bit further down the line, but like since you brought up IDEX, um, so it's the IDEX is kind of like a decentralized, but yet kind of centralized exchange. Yeah. What, what are some of the challenges that you're facing in terms of trying to integrate IDEX onto your platform? Uh, I would exactly not do it. One of the biggest thing is that how do you bring that user experience to, how do you, how do you improvise on the user experience and bring it to the end user? Right. Because the whole thing with IDEX is that it's a little complicated for new people to use it. Right. And, and at a time where even the newbies are finding it difficult to figure out, even the centralized exchanges, the whole point of going to a decentralized exchange like IDEX becomes really challenging. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to absorb the technicalities and try to fit in. So one of the things that uh, one of those problems that we face with integrating uh, 
IDEX is that uh, there is a refund cycle of 14 days, right? So when you send the deposit to a particular address, it gets stuck there for like 14 days. Now that's a long time when you look at the centralized part of the business, right? So we had to work our way around how on we had to work our way around to figure that out, and we did. So we would be able to actually give out the refund way before than 14 days. Okay. And so, again, sort of moving, uh, I think we digressed a little bit. If we move back to the customer journey, uh, if I want to now, you know, I've, you know, I've done the sort of the trade that I wanted to do. I converted from Bitcoin to Ether um, or EOS or NEO or any other cryptocurrency. A little, you know, some days later, I converted back to Bitcoin. Can I convert back to fiat to like INR or USD, SGD uh, using your platform? Uh, no, you cannot. You cannot do that. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so in terms of your business model, is it something like that you quote a premium on top of the prices that would be on these different exchanges that you're integrated with? So there are two ways of doing that. Some of these exchanges provide us with a affiliate fee, right? Wherein they give us a part of the fee that comes to us. So in that case, uh, whether the customer goes and uses them directly or they come to us, the price almost remains the same. Okay. Uh, with the other exchanges, uh, there is an add-on fee that we charge. And that's how our business model works. Okay. But is your attempt usually to uh, try to push towards affiliate fee because you're kind of passing on the benefits to the... Uh, to be very honest, uh, we what we provide is convenience and the kind of users that we have are people who just want to grab hold of certain amount of cryptocurrencies, right? Most of these people in my experience, uh, back even in my previous company, what I see is that do not really care about the fees until unless it's not really high. Yeah. Right. People don't care because in the in, because the the uh, you know the fluctuations in the price are so high this that it makes the fee look very minuscule. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think that has ever been a problem. We never really had people come up to us and say, hey, you know, the fee is small. Why should I trade with you? Got it. Um, and in terms of your customer base, uh, do you have data in terms of where most of these customers are coming from? So we're predominantly, uh, most of our customers come from US and the European countries, right? Okay. Uh, so that's that's where our major markets are. Okay. And any other markets that where you know which might be a little bit surprising to other people where you see a lot of traction coming from, or any other market which you over the last you know couple of months, three four months you've seen a lot of growth which you didn't expect. Are, are there any sort of things that? I mean, it wouldn't be surprising for other exchanges, but for us, one of the one of the things that we saw pick up was Japan, right? On our exchange, so I'm just talking from my experience perspective and not from the perspective because that might be a major volume for a lot of other exchanges but for us over a recent time we've been picking up in japan and that that makes us feel a little good about what we do right right and and your goal is obviously um to be country agnostic right your target market is sort of anyone who is relatively new to crypto just getting started or values yes. convenience over pricing who yes would want to come to your platform right yes Right. So you mentioned uh, one of the things that you're looking to integrate IDEX onto your platform. Uh, beyond that, is there anything in your roadmap that you're working on over the next six to 12 months? Any particular functionalities that you want to add on? 
So, I mean, there are a lot of small little things and big little things that's coming up, but one of the major things is integrating more DEX exchanges because that really changes the dynamics of what we do. Because then, because uh, even with the integration of IDEX that we're trying to do, we, we have access to about 900 coins, which are not listed on any of the other centralized exchanges, right? So right. the value addition that we bring to those coins, the value addition that we bring to the users, because now they're able to buy those coins with the same user experience that they had while they were buying a coin from, let's say, Changely or Shapeshift or even Bitrex. Yep. Right. Uh, but we also try to build some tools here and there around how to make it a little easy for people. For example, we build a airdrop tracker, right? So people could, you know, figure out and go and track the airdrops and participate in them and things like that. So we keep building small, fun little tools. These are not very business focused, but more of utility based. Yep. Right. We we wanted to build a tax calculator and right. a lot of things like that. Okay. Interesting. And um, so how, how uh, when, when did this company start? So Coinsage is about a year old now. Okay. In fact, uh, just a couple of weeks back, we celebrated our one year completion. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and so how big is your team now? So we are about 25 people. Okay. So, and, yeah, and, the, and these people mostly are doing on the development end or you've now yeah, you're mostly development. We are because we're a hardcore tech focused company. Sure. We sure. believe that you build good products and people use it. And that has always been the case. Trust me with us. And this is one thing that I'm very, very proud of at Coinsage. You know, the, the kind of support that we give to the customer and the kind of tech that we build. They're really smooth. They're really robust and people are very customer obsessed. Uh, maybe because my founders come from XML backgrounds. So one of the things that I've always seen is a lot of customers dropping in and saying, thank you for the way we do service. Yeah. And they, they have been advocating us. Like a lot of people have brought in new customers. Uh, our referral programs did really good. Yeah. Right? Because people were referring us not only, not just, not because they wanted to make referral money, but because they actually wanted to tell people that why don't you use this? Service. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what would you say are some of the big risks that exist at the moment for you? I mean, it obviously seems like a, a good concept and, you know, I've spoken to a couple of other people about this concept and to sort of get a feedback and, you know, their response was that this is something that they could see succeeding. But I was just trying to wonder what some of the risks would be for you. So I wanted to get your take on what you think uh, are some of the risks that exist from your perspective. One of the major risks that I would see is if, because since our business relies upon partner exchanges, the relationship that we have with the partner exchanges is really, really important, right? If that goes haywire, then it's something that, that really puts us down. Uh, the other thing is that uh, it becomes really challenging do uh, it becomes really challenging uh, to increase the number of transactions that we do because uh, as we add more partner exchanges on our platform, uh, then we will have to, we were planning to build a lot of uh, exchange pairs. And that would be a technical challenge that we would see over a period of time. Okay. But otherwise, I don't see a risk as such. I mean, there's definitely a risk of competition. There's definitely a risk of somebody coming up and saying, hey, why cannot I start something like that? That's certainly there for everybody. But apart from that, I do not see a risk at this point of time. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned partner exchanges currently. How do you go about building those relationships up with the partner exchanges? So we speak to them. 
Right. All the partner exchanges that we have, we've spoken to them. We tell them what we do. We tell them this is what happens. This is what is the future. And this is a set of people who need a service like this. And when you come on board, you know, you're bringing in value to them. You're bringing in value to the ecosystem. So that's how we partner with them. And we also uh, request for a dedicated support. Okay. And that's, that's one of the, that's what one thing that's able to push our support really high because when you have a dedicated support, because you are a B2B kind of client, right? You're able to streamline like, like a customer using that particular exchange directly versus that customer using it through us and raising a ticket will have uh, different effects. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So going back to one of the points that we talked about earlier, so your business model works on either an affiliate fee uh, or an add-on fee. So I'm guessing, and because you're a crypto to crypto exchange, your fees yep. would be in cryptocurrencies, right? Yes. Uh, would you typically hold on to these cryptocurrencies or do you typically uh, divest some of these cryptocurrencies to pay for operational costs? I mean, it depends upon that particular situation at the moment, because since we are a growing company, there's no hard and fast rule on how we deal with that matter at the moment. I think it's more with the situation. Okay. And are you, so your team is based in India. Are you registered in India as well? Oh, yeah. uh, yes, we are. We have an office in India. Yes. Okay. We're headquartered in Singapore, but I have an office in India. Okay. Yeah. Headquartered in Singapore. Okay. Interesting. What do you make of the blockchain and cryptocurrency ecosystem in India? So we've only had one guest so far from India on this podcast. Um, I just want to, you know, you've worked in the space since 2014. So, you know, you're relatively one of the more experienced people in this space. What do, what do you think of the space in general? There's obviously the RBI ruling soon, if I'm not wrong, beginning of July. Yes. But but I know a lot of things depend on that. But beyond that, what do you make of the entire blockchain ecosystem as you see it at the moment? I think it's it's really thriving. I would say it's really thriving because at a time when we started talking about Bitcoin and blockchain, when we started doing meetups, the, the turnout would be like five, six people. I still remember, like, you know, you have a small table and then you say the five, six people come in and they talk. Uh, I am glad that some of these five, six people actually went out and started their own exchanges. I, and, and at some point, I think last year, uh, somewhere towards the end of the year, I remember we doing a meetup with the previous company and we had 500 people, right? Oh, oh wow. So from yeah. five people to 500 people in a meetup. I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't yeah. even call it a meetup. I know, I know conferences that don't have that number of people coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that was, and, and these are not, these are not paid things. They're like meetups. These are very raw kind of culture that we had Yeah. Right? where people walk in and there's no, you know, people come, people talk, people discuss. Some guy comes up with his own idea, says, hey, I'm working on this, I'm working on that. Uh, also, the amount of companies that have started to work into that space, for example, even IBM in India, Society General as such, Wipro, and more interestingly, the colleges. I, mean, I have done a lot of uh, work with the colleges around you know, educating blockchain and cryptocurrencies to the kids. And we see that now Now uh, one of these colleges called Amrita has an incubation center and a lot of... Uh, people working under there are working under the blockchain technology. Right. And, and some of these companies have done really good. Science Z has done really good in that space. And a couple of other companies have done really good in that space. So I think it's, it's, it's like with, with everything else in tech, 
we pick up and then we become a major hub. But what I'm really excited about is unlike your previous uh, software gener generation where, you know, you are just doing outsource work, we're actually seeing real work being done here. And beyond exchanges, uh, are there any other key areas of development that you're seeing? Uh, so all of these, most of these blockchain things are beyond exchanges. They're not really building exchanges because typically, to be very honest, uh, most of the exchanges don't really work on blockchain, right? We yeah. don't really require blockchain to accept fiat payments and convert and give it back to people. But most of these people are working on data validation, you know, maybe uh, securing transactions, I mean, securing identities and things like that. So most of these use cases are beyond exchanges. And, and do you know if all of these use cases are being addressed on public blockchains or private blockchains? Uh, most of these are on private blockchains. Okay. Uh, yeah. I do not, I, I, I do not know. Personally, I do not know if someone is working on the public blockchain. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's a story with every place, other place. I, I, I'm not sure if I agree. I mean, so I'm based out of Singapore and I mean, uh, we, huh, see, I mean yeah. we see a lot of projects coming out of uh, Korea, Japan, not Japan, not so mm -hmm. much Korea, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, and now uh, of late, you know, Indonesia, Vietnam. And most of the work from what I understand is actually happening on the public blockchain, which is why I asked this question about India, because I think mm -hmm. in India, a lot of the work is being actually done on the private blockchain. Yeah. which I am not sure in the longer run, maybe in the short term that succeeds, but in the longer run, I'm not sure if that's the best approach. I, I certainly don't think that's the best approach. Uh, I personally also don't think that's the best approach. But you, you think because of the regulatory issues and regulatory constraints, um, that's the no, reason? I don't think it's because of the regulatory concern, but I think it's more about people getting more exposed. It's still people aren't exposed to the technology as much as those countries that you mentioned, right? People are still learning. There's still courses coming up. People are still trying to get their hands on. These are the first set of people who are actually getting into it. And then, because I know this really well because you struggle so much when you want to hire engineers into this space because you hardly find people who have much idea about it. Yeah. Um, so any last comments from your end, anything that you would want to mention or talk about before we wrap up this interview? Uh, yeah, I would certainly want all of you viewers to go out and try coinsage.co, yep. uh, drop in your feedbacks, uh, because we, we, we are a company that listens to its customers. We are a company that listens to people, right? Uh, we would certainly take in the feedbacks because that's the most important thing. And we want to build something that's useful to people. We don't want to build something and hard sell it to people. We rather want to build something that's useful to everyone around. Yeah, we'll definitely include the links to your website. Sure. Um, do you, if you have any other social media platforms uh, where you're very active, that would be great as well if you could mention that. We offer for CoinSwitch, you can just go out to uh, at the rate CoinSwitch on Twitter. Okay. We're extremely active on that. If you want to personally talk to me about anything that you have, then my Twitter handle is at the rate Meyer Sharon. I am pretty much active on that. Right. So these are two places and you, I'm always, always there. So you should be getting a reply within like 10, 20 minutes. Okay. Sounds great. I think that's a very good note to end this interview. Sharon, thank you so much sure. for taking the time out to come speak with us. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you for yeah. having me. It was, a, it was a great pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram, and subscribe to our newsletter on Decrypt.Asia. This is your host, Tashar. Thank you for listening.